Okay, good evening. We are in a series uh, since January, and the series is 2022, the year of greater works. And tonight is part seven. So one of the things we have been learning about this year of greater works is that 2022 is a year of reward and spoil. I hope you remember that. And in order to have the reward and spoil that God wants us to have, we need to participate in a battle. Okay, so God has been teaching us since part three how to win against the enemy, how to overcome any battle. So I will encourage you again. It's so good to uh, go back to the teachings, no? So we've been learning about this. And in fact, now we've been zeroing in to this teaching because I felt in my heart, no, that uh, this is a major thing this year. We need to really learn how to overcome the enemy this year. So we started that um, emphasis since part three. So I will really encourage you to go back there and just see if you've been uh, if you've been applying it, you know. And one good thing about um, listening to the same teachings, you know, like me, it's my practice to listen over and over again because every time I listen, I have additional revelations. You know? That's what meditation does to you. God speaks to you more and more deeply about a particular verse so that it can change your life. No? So everything about the word of God, the goal of that is all life transformation. God wants us to change you know, from glory to glory, from strength to strength. So I really want to encourage you to meditate on what we have been learning. Tonight, our title is, this is our title, you can write it down, The Good Fight of Faith. The Good Fight of Faith. And we will start with 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. And like before, even though I'm reading it, just read with me, open your Bibles. But more importantly, uh, write down everything uh, that you will hear tonight because I will assure you, you will not remember it. Just write down because God will, will be speaking to us tonight. Uh, I want to, again, start in a prayer, just short prayer. Let me um, pray for tonight. Thank you, Father. Father, we honor you. Father, we love you. And we want to thank you for everybody who has come tonight and for the special place and time you've given to us so we can fellowship deeply in the word of God and hear from you from your Holy Spirit. And tonight we just open our hearts and open our minds to your powerful living word tonight. May you speak a very meaningful, significant, life-transforming word to our hearts, Father, that would bring change in our lives, that we may glorify your 
name in the end, Father. So thank you so much, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for your word tonight. In Jesus' name. Okay, so I'll start reading 1 Timothy 6.12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So here in this verse, as Christians, whether we like it or not, we are in the middle of a battle. It's an epic battle, okay? Uh, it's a battle between good and evil. It's a battle between the kingdom of God and the domain of darkness. And God is saying in this verse, as children of God, we are called to fight in this battle. And the Bible calls this battle the good fight of faith. That's how the Bible calls it, the good fight of faith. Now, the question is, why is this battle of faith a good battle? Now, why is it a good battle or a good fight? Now, turn with me to 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. And it says here, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So victory in Christ is a present reality. It's not something that will happen in the future. Okay. Why do I say that? Because look at the grammatical tense of the verse. Okay? It says there, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. That's present tense. Okay? And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. In fact, no, in another version, it says, everyone who has been born as God's child, is victorious over the world. Fantastic. No? Ang ganda nung version na yon. I'll say it again. Everyone who has been born as God's child is victorious over the world. So, the verse is saying you are an overcomer. Okay? Now, you think about that for a moment. That's how God sees you. You're a winner in Christ. You're an overcomer. You are already victorious over this wicked, evil world. You are. It's a present reality. And why is that so? Look, look at this. Uh, the next phrase would reveal that. It says there, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. In the other version, it says, this is the victory that was victorious. I'll read it again. This is the victory that was victorious over the world, our faith. So what the verse, if you study it deeply, the verse is talking about a past victory 
that made you an overcomer now. Okay? And when is that when was that victory? That victory happened the day you heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you believed it with all of your heart. You confessed it with your mouth. And God transferred you from the dominion of darkness, from Satan's dominion, from this evil world, into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Okay? So that day, that faith, which gave you victory over Satan and over this wicked world is the same faith you will use to win your battles here over and over again. So in other words, no, from the day, uh, can you imagine, no, you just said a simple prayer, okay? You heard about the word of salvation. And you just believed it in your heart. You didn't know anything more about the Bible. You just know about Jesus Christ and what and, and the word of salvation. You believed it in your heart. You confessed it. And that moment, can you imagine? That moment, the Holy Spirit uh, came, into, came into your heart. You know, uh, uh, how do you say that? Uh, uh, put life into your dead spirit. You became a new creation at that moment. Then God transferred you from Satan's power and from this wicked world, all in one moment. And it was done by your faith. It was done by your faith. So that same faith that made you an overcomer the day you got born again is the same faith you will now use to win all the battles that you will have here on earth over and over and over again, okay? So I hope you got that, no? So why is it a good fight? It's a good fight because you are already victorious. You are an overcomer in Christ. And by faith, you will now enforce the victory of the cross over the devil and all his works in this world while you're here living on this earth. So that's why it's a good fight. Okay? And all you need to do is to fight. That's all you need to do. Fight. Don't be passive. Don't run away, okay? Hopeless and scared when there's a problem. Use your God-given faith because it was meant to defeat any problem, any temptation, any trial or curse or trouble that may come your way, okay? So, Think of it, no? You are parts, you are a part of God's, of Jesus' winning team. Okay? So when he resurrected from the dead, he completely destroyed Satan and his demons. And now he's authorizing all of us to fight a defeated foe. He's a defeated foe in the name of Jesus 
And by using faith, that's already in our hearts. Okay? That's what he's asking us to do. So let's go back, no? To a verse that we studied last week. Romans 12, verse 3. Romans 12, verse 3. Okay. Romans 12, verse 3. I'll read the last part of verse 3. But to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So we tackled this last week. And it's saying plainly here, God has given to every Christian the measure of faith. Not a measure, but the measure of faith. So like I said before, we are such a blessed okay, people as the children of God because the day we got born again, God deposited inside our hearts the measure of faith that comes from him. So it's not even human faith that's in your heart. It's God's own faith no? that's planted in seed form it's seed form it's not yet mature when he planted it there but it's in seed form and it's god's own faith so it's very important to understand this as children of god because like i said before lots of struggle that a christian undergoes in this life of faith comes from the thought that they have to develop their own faith, okay? A lot of Christians feel either they have mediocre faith or weak faith or small faith compared to others, no? But the faith that is now inside you because it's God's faith is not weak, okay? It's not weak. It's God's powerful faith. It's the same faith that created the universe, okay? And it's same faith that raised Jesus from the dead. So I'll give you tonight a definition, two definitions of faith according to the Greek language because the New Testament was written in the Greek language. So you can write this down. The number one definition of faith is faith is a force that is forward-directed and aggressive. Again, faith is a force that is forward-directed and aggressive. Sa Tagalog, gusto ko siya sa Tagalog, ang pananampalataya ay isang fuerza na agresibo o lumulusog. I like that, no? Very descriptive. No? That's why sometimes I like it in Tagalog. I'll say it again in Tagalog. Okay. Okay, hi, Wena. Hi, Hanika. Okay, so I'll say it again. One definition of faith is faith is a force that is forward-directed and aggressive. In Tagalog, ang pananampalataya isang fuerzang agresibo o lumuluso. So remember the 
uh, passage that we were talking about last week. It's the passage of Peter and the disciples in the middle of the storm. I used that as an illustration last week, but I will apply it differently tonight. Okay, You can find that story again in Matthew 14. You can read it at home. And I'll just uh, summarize the story. So Peter and the disciples uh, were in the middle of a storm. Okay? And suddenly, Jesus came walking on water. So instead of the disciples, when they saw Jesus, instead of the disciples getting happy and getting excited, what was the initial response? The initial response of the disciples, they were afraid. You know? And there's a uh, revelation on that. Okay, and I want you to take note of this, although this is a digression, no? but it's something we can learn from it. When, when people are afraid, or when there is fear in our hearts, or fear, okay, uh, attacking us, okay, fear blinds you to the blessings of God. Fear blinds you to the blessings of God. Fear blinds you to the power of God. I'm saying that because when the disciples were so afraid, they cannot even recognize Jesus Christ himself. That's how fear works, no? So that's why it's so important not to be afraid. And that's what Jesus said to the disciples. He said to them, be of good cheer. It is I do not be afraid. Fear is our enemy. Faith is our best friend, okay? So, uh, when Jesus said that, Peter said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. No? And then Jesus, of course, said, because it's him, he said, come. Just one word, come. So, when Peter heard that word, faith, and faith comes when you hear the word, okay? So when he heard it, he chose to believe it. And the God kind of faith was activated in his heart. That it pushed him out of the boat, okay? It made him aggressively get out of the boat and walk on water. And because of that, he had a miracle, okay? So forget about that he drowned, uh, that he almost drowned afterwards. So, pero for a moment there, he had, this, he had this miracle moment. And it's showing us how aggressive faith is. Faith, faith is so aggressive, once it's activated, lumulusub siya no, in Tagalog. Okay? And faith is never passive. It's, it never retreats. It's never backward. The God kind of faith, like I said, is forward-directed and aggressive. Okay? So the second definition of faith in the Greek is faith is always reaching to obtain a specific target or a goal. Faith is always reaching to obtain a specific target or a goal. So 
I'll put them together, no? Faith is an active, aggressive, and stretching out, grasping, powerful spiritual force. Okay, that's what faith is. It, it's, so if you recognize it, it has nothing to do with your mind, okay? Faith is not mental. But it's a spiritual force that is active and aggressive and grasping, okay, grasping a goal that is so uh, grasping a goal. So that's how powerful and active faith is, <clears throat> which brings me to my next question. No? Why? Do we need to fight the good fight of faith? What's the goal that faith is reaching to obtain? Why do we need to fight? Because there's a goal that faith wants to reach okay, and wants to accomplish. And faith doesn't stop until it's accomplished. Okay? So... Let's go back again to the verse, 1 Timothy 6.12. I'll read it again. Fight the good fight of faith or fight the good battle of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. The, the verse do tell us why we need to fight. And the answer is to lay hold on eternal life. That's the answer. That's why we need to fight. To lay hold or to reach for eternal life. So faith reaches for, uh, for the manifestation of eternal life. It, that means to keep believing until we experience eternal life. But you might ask me, okay, but pastora, I already have eternal life. Diba? That's true. And the key to this verse is understanding what eternal life means, particularly in this passage. Okay, so we'll dig deeper. No? First of all, Eternal life comes from the Greek word zoe, Z-O-E, zoe, okay? Zoe means the God kind of life, the God kind of life. So sometimes the English Bible translators, no? or the English Bible translates zoe, depends on the context, they translate it either eternal life or sometimes they translate it abundant life. Okay? Remember John 10, 10 when Jesus said, I have come that they might have, may have life and life in abundance. Okay? That's the way. That's the way. Okay? So, in essence, no, what the verse is saying in 1 Timothy 6.12 is, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on the abundant life 
or the God kind of life. Okay? So, because Zoe includes not only being delivered from the judgment of hell, which is eternal life, it also includes the abundant life that Jesus Christ paid for at the cross. So I hope you got that, no? Zoe means eternal life or abundant life, okay? But it's only one Greek word, okay? So God wants us to lay hold on the God kind of life that Jesus paid for, the abundant kind. So when you hear the promises of God, no? faith is activated and it reaches for the manifestation of the promises of God. That's what it reaches for. All right? Sometimes our mind, our mind questions the promises. But our heart, our spirit, our spirit, who is born again, loves the promises of God. Our minds sometimes rejects the promises of God. No? Uh, in the world, no? In the world, they say, follow your heart, not your mind. And usually, they say, they say that they mean heart means emotion, no? That's the world. Follow your emotion rather than, rather than your mind. No, that's wrong. It's wrong to follow your mind. It's wrong to follow your emotion. But it's correct to follow your biblical heart. And what's your biblical heart? Your spirit. Your spirit. Because your spirit is dwelling together with the Holy Spirit. It's the one that got born again. It's in communion with the Holy Spirit. Okay? So follow your spirit, not your emotions, not your mind. And when, and when your spirit hears the words of God, when your spirit hears the promises of God, the faith that is in your spirit gets activated. Okay? And it reaches for the manifestation of the promises of God. Like what? Like the promises of healing and good health from sickness and disease. That's what your spirit is yearning for. Okay? That's what your spirit is yearning for. Uh, uh, the promises of deliverance from sin and bondage. You know, some Christians are still struggling with sin. They have, uh, they have these habits uh, that has been developed for many years you know, before they were Christians and then they got born again and sometimes they get so frustrated because uh, the habits doesn't immediately go away. Okay? And because the habits are part of our flesh. But the good news is deliverance from those habits are promised in the word of God. They're promised. And the word of God is saying to you, you are an overcomer. Your spirit man is an overcomer. Your spirit man is already victorious. So once your spirit hears huh, a promise of deliverance, of course, it gets activated and it reaches for that deliverance. I hope you're getting, no? Uh, 
by now, no, by now, learn to differentiate between your spirit and your soul. That's different. Okay, that's different. Your spirit is the one that has been born again. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotion. That's your soul. Your mind, your will, and emotion. And because that, that was not born again, okay? That's why you have verses like Romans 12 too. Renew your mind. You've got to renew your mind with the word of God, okay? But your spirit, man, loves the word, loves the promises of God. So you have to feed consciously your spirit you know, with the word of God so that your mind gets renewed, your emotions get controlled, okay? And your spirit, man, will be given a chance to dominate your whole personality, Okay, so that's how it works. No? Uh, the focus is on your spirit. The more your spirit grows, the more your, your person, your character grows. Okay? And of course, it influences. And when your spirit grows, it influences your mind. It influences your emotions and uh, your, your body, your will. Okay? Ang, ang spirit, madali lang mag-grow. Just feed it with the word of God. Just feed it with the word of God. Okay? So, what else? Or what promises? No? The promises of financial abundance from poverty and lack. Okay? And the verse is saying, we need to fight and lay hold of all these promises, of all these things in faith. Because there is an enemy that tries to prevent us from experiencing this God kind of life. Okay? The enemy's target is your faith. That's the enemy's target. Okay? That's why if you notice these past two years, so many Christians have been depressed, have been uh, because of the isolation. You know, and I and I understand that, you know, but that's that's a kumbaga in Tagalog pakana. It's a scheme. It's a scheme of the enemy to dampen your faith or to uh, to cut off your faith from you, to steal your faith from you, as if he can steal it, no. So so the verse is saying there is an enemy. It's implying there is an enemy that tries to prevent you from experiencing this abundance of life. Okay? And he hinders you through temptations. Kaya may temptation. He hinders you through trials. Kaya may trials. The trials are not there to teach you anything about God. Okay, because some are teaching that. That's not true. The trials came from Satan and it only has one goal. Its goal is to, is to fight your faith, to steal the word of God in your heart. Okay, so he hinders you with trials, with hardships, every kind of challenge and problem, preventing you preventing you to receive the promise of God 
so that in the end you will fulfill your purpose and your calling in this life. That's what he wants, you know. And like I said, he can never prevent you from going to heaven, but he can try to prevent you to reach your highest potential in life and to live your calling and your purpose on this earth, enjoying it in the meantime, okay? You know, you know, he's trying to do that. He wants you miserable while you're here on earth, okay? So that's why we need to fight. And But the good news is we can overcome him, overcome every work that he throws our way by the powerful active force of faith, okay? So it's vitally important to learn how to fight the good fight of faith. Okay, so let's go back to the verse again. Let's go back to the verse. How to fight it? Fight the good fight of faith. Why? Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called. And now the how. And have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Okay, notice the good fight comes with a good confession. The good fight comes with a good confession. The main way, main, okay? It's not the only way, but it's the main. Uh, it encompasses everything. The main way to fight this battle of faith and to win is by confessing with your mouth. Okay? Confessing with your mouth. So what does it mean to confess? To confess literally means, number one, you can write this down, to say the same thing. To say the same thing. Secondly, to confess means to admit. To admit. So it's a good confession because you are saying the same thing that God says. Okay? In other words, you're confessing the word of God. Okay? You're not confessing the words of people. You're not confessing the words of this world. Why? Because they were all, they, they are all temporary. They're all subject to change. But the word of God is eternal. You are confessing God's word, okay? You are admitting to yourself that the word of God is true and you are choosing to believe it and saying it out of your mouth, okay? So once again, I'll put it all together. We overcome in this good fight of faith as overcomers, when we confess the word of God by faith. That's what the word of, that's what 1 Timothy 6.12 is saying, okay? We overcome in this good fight of faith when we confess the word of God by faith, okay? Not only during Sundays when there's a worship service, not only when we have a prayer meeting, but all the time, okay, 
in all areas of life. We confess God's words over our lives, over our situations, over our health, over our families, over our relationships and jobs and finances if we want to win. Okay? So, so my question now is, okay, so let's dig deeper. I love the revelations of God's word. No? Let's put it all together. My question that now is, why is confessing the word the main way to enforce the victory of Christ? Okay. Think about that. Why is confessing the word of God the main way to enforce the victory of Christ? Okay. Notice this. It did not say use your own intelligence. It did not say use your own skill. But it said use your mouth. Use your mouth and say what God said. Okay? Now, what's the answer? Why is confession the main way? It's simple. The answer is because it's by our words that we release the faith that's in our hearts. It's by our words that, uh, that we release the faith that's in our hearts. Remember, faith, the God kind of faith, is already deposited in your heart when you got born again. But when faith is activated, once you hear the word of God, and once you choose to believe it, faith needs to be released, okay, in order for it to do great or even greater works in our lives. No? It has to be released, and faith is released by your words, okay? Walang mental telepathy. Pagdating sa faith. If you want your faith to work, you've got to speak something. And not just any something or not just anything. You've got to speak God's words. No? Traditionally, we thought, ito yun, no? Traditionally, we thought words only convey or bring information. That's what we, that's what we thought, di ba? We thought we were, we were educated to think you know, that words just bring information. It just, you know, we speak because it, we only want to tell people what we think or what we know or what we feel. Okay. So parang for information only. But, those, but that's not the primary purpose of words. Okay. Words are containers of supernatural power. They are containers of supernatural power. Words have the ability to carry life or death, blessing or cursing, faith or fear. Okay? That's what Proverbs 18.21 is talking about. 
And I'll read it again. Proverbs 18.21 Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You can say it this way. Death and life are in the power of words. Okay? And those who love it will eat its fruit. So, it's talking about the power of words. Words have the power to bring life or death. Amazing, no? Life or death. Why is that so? Because we were created in the image of God. That's it. We were created in the image of God. Genesis 1.26. God is a spirit who speaks. And when he created man in his image, he created man as a spirit being who speaks. We are the only creation in the entire world that speaks like God. Okay? Man was created as a spirit who speaks. Our bodies were only given as houses of our spirit man. The real you, I cannot see. I cannot see the real you. You cannot see the real me. It's inside this, this body. It's inside this face, this hair, this clothes, okay? Like you, I cannot see you. But God sees you. God sees your heart. You know, every time God sees your heart, he sees your spirit man, okay? So the real you is inside. So if God's words, no, let's are powerful, ergo, therefore, your words are also powerful, okay? So let's revisit creation, no? Let's revisit creation tonight. It's good to revisit it to remind us how powerful our words are, okay? Because this is how we win the battle in life. We fight the good fight of faith, by confessing the words of God. Genesis 1, 1 to 3 says here, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Verse 3, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. In the original Hebrew, he said, light be, and light was. So I want you to notice this once again. There was water, there was darkness, and you see the Spirit of God hovering over the earth, but nothing was happening until words were spoken. Until words were spoken. God, when what God spoke, light be, light came into existence. Can you imagine? Billions of galaxies was created when God spoke. And scientists is saying up to now the universe is expanding. 
That's how powerful the word of God is. That word in Genesis 1 is still doing its work until now. Can you imagine that? No? So when you see, every time you see, you know, how many of us admire nature? I'm sure all of us. I'm sure. No? And when you like go to Boracay, like our, you know, our friends here, and I think most of you have gone already this vacation, except Pastora. Papa <laughs> invite. Anyway, so so when uh you should never do that. Anyway, so uh every time you see nature, okay, remember it was created by words. Look everything around you. Everything that you see right now is created by words. It originated. Sabi mo, pati, pati yung sofa, pastora, pati yung chair. Oh yeah, because it came from the trees. Remember? And the trees were spoken by God. And after that, everything, sabi ni Lord, di ba? Genesis 1, ano sinabi niya? Sinabi din yun. Uh, what did he say? Be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. He said everything that we are now seeing. Okay? Everything was created and is sustained by words. This is a word world. <laughs> Okay, this is a word universe. Okay, and our battle is a battle of words. What you believe and what you say. Okay, your victory and your defeat depends on what you believe and what you say. That's where it comes from. Okay. So, when God spoke the universe, God spoke what he desired, what his will is. He was not intimidated by darkness, praise the Lord. Okay? Instead, he overcame darkness by speaking what he wanted. Okay? So, God's word... This one is God's desires. This is God's will. Okay? And it's as powerful today as it was first, as on the day it was first spoken. Okay? God's word is God's will and it carries tremendous creative power because he created everything. Okay? He created everything by his words. Another point here is he created everything by faith. By faith. Okay, you, you can find that in, where do you can find that? Hebrews 11, but we'll not go there. Hebrews 11, okay? Uh, 
God created everything by faith. Anyway, minention ko na. Sige, punta na lang ako doon. Hebrews 11. Since na-mention ko na rin. Hebrews 11. By faith, verse 3. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Now, Hebrews chapter 11 is the chapter on faith. No, everything about that is faith. No, by faith, Abel. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Moses. By faith, everything. And the first, it's, it's a chapter of the heroes of faith. But the first hero of faith, no, our prime example is God. Verse 3. That's why you can say verse 3 this way. We understand that by faith, the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. What is it saying? Faith is the substance. It's the building block that created the universe. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Remember Hebrews 11.1? 1? It's the building block. The material that God used to build the universe, grabe, is faith. And that faith is the same faith that's in your heart. Okay? So imagine this, no? Picture this. In creation, God filled his words with his faith. He believed he can create. And he put his words I put his faith in his words as containers to hold his faith. And it contains supernatural spiritual force, which is faith. So that when he spoke it out, he released his faith, thereby creating the universe. I hope you got that. Okay. What? Cause creation, what caused transformation was the was faith-filled words. Okay. This is how God is. This is his SOP. This is our Father. God never does anything without saying it first. God never does anything. Without saying it first. Best example is Jesus Christ next to creation. Since Genesis, he assigned prophets to speak out okay, prophecies regarding the Messiah. And it took thousands of years okay, for that word to manifest. That's why in John 1, 1 says, and the word, John 1, 1, and the word, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh. Remember that? Became flesh. So that's how God works, no? Nothing comes into being without the word of God. Nothing changes 
Nothing transforms without the Word of God. And it's going to be the same thing with our lives. If we want to win every battle in this life, we've got to confess the words of God regarding the situation that you're facing. Okay? So, that's God's SOP, and it should be our SOP, Standard Operating Procedure, okay? So, more, uh, uh, sadly, at this time, no, um, a lot of Christians don't really understand or know the power of their own words. Why do I say that? Because sometimes we speak careless words don't we sometimes we speak what we do not mean don't we but the good news is god does not every word of god is filled with faith power and life don't ever forget that every word of god is filled with faith, power, and life. So, in fact, all the promises of God are filled with power ever since it was first spoken until now. And God is just waiting for a Christian to believe his word in her heart or his heart and confess it in their mouths so that it will manifest. Okay? So, this is not hard because it's what happened to you the day you got born again. You know, you heard the word of salvation. You chose to believe it in your heart. Then you prayed and confessed the word or confessed the word in prayer. You said, Lord, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. That released the very power of God in your life. And that made you born again. And like I said before, no, it's the greatest miracle that you'll ever have in this lifetime. In this lifetime. Okay. And the enemy could not do anything to prevent you from believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. He cannot do that. That's your own authority and power that he can never, never take away. Never take away. Believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth. Okay? And if the greatest miracle happened that way, then the lesser miracles of life will also happen the same way. The same way. When you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, the word of God regarding any situation, you will receive either your healing miracle, you will receive your relational miracle or financial miracle or spiritual miracle, whatever it is you're believing for, okay? You will win the enemy. You will win over the enemy and receive the promises of God. So when you're faced with a problem, in your life, or a family problem, or a national problem, remember this, speak what you desire. 
speak what you desire. Speak your faith in the word of God. Not what you see, not what you feel, so that things will change. Don't just repeat what you see or what you hear because nothing will change. In fact, you are enforcing the very things you don't want every time you speak negatively. You're just enforcing it. You're not changing anything. Okay, but if you want to change darkness, don't say darkness, say light. Are you getting me? Say the light of God's word. Say the promises of God. Say what you desire to happen. Okay, so the good fight of faith is not a gunfight. It's not a fist fight. It's a word fight. Okay, up to now, Satan like a roaring lion, cannot stop talking and deceiving people. Palagi na lang, talk, 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 night and day. Talking bad news, contrary to the word of God, speaking through other people, speaking through media, giving us a picture of life that is not according to the abundance of life that Jesus paid for. Di pa tama yon? Just go to the news. You go to the news, you don't hear Bible there. You don't hear what Jesus paid for there. So it gives you a picture of the darker side of life. Am I correct? Am I correct? But us, you know, and he's using fake news. <laughs> and what do I mean by fake news? Fake news is anything. Contrary to the word of God. That's fake news. Because God's word is truth. John 17, 17. Thy word is truth. Anything not according to the Bible is fake. False. Lying. Deceiving. Okay? Anything you see, anything you feel that's not according to this, comes from Satan, okay? And that's why he doesn't stop blurting or saying deceiving words. Doesn't stop, keeps on lying. But we win when we say God's word, okay? The devil wants you to be silent. The devil wants you to be downcast, depressed, sad, isolated okay silent so you will not speak in faith he wants you to speak the bad things that are happening okay but don't give in to that stop yourself fight him by saying what you Really believe in your heart. We are Christians. We are Christians delivered from this world. We do not belong to this world. 
We belong to the kingdom of God. We are royal family. We are overcomers. We are victorious in Christ. And for us to enforce that victory, we need to remember who we are and what God has given us through his promises. This is what we believe and this is what we speak up so that it will manifest. So that it will overwhelm the darkness that surrounds us. Okay. One day when the church is raptured, the whole world will be hopeless already. One day. That's one day. But today, since the church is still here, we are in the church age. This is the age of grace. This is the age of power. Okay. This is the age of faith. This is when we use our faith. So that when we use our faith, God's grace comes on the scene. Because there will come a day when the church is raptured where there will only be darkness. And there's no more hope. There's no more salvation. Okay? I hope you get that, no? So we use everything that God has given us to shine God's light on this world. And we are his representatives. We are. He, he has given us his authority. He has given his faith. And now he's teaching us how to use that faith. We mainly use that faith by speaking his words. Okay? So, uh, the more you know the word, the more you know the promises of God, the more you can use your authority and the faith that you have in Christ. Okay, so you have to know, no, uh, for example, for you, no, where, where is the most struggle in your life? No, what's the weakest area in your life? You look at the weakest area in your life, and what you do is this. You get the promises of God that covers that situation. And start now meditating on it, praying on it, believing on it, and start declaring. Okay? That's what you do. You lay hold what Jesus got for you. If finances is your problem, get financial promises. If relationship is your problem, get relational promises. Okay? If family is your problem, then get family, pro family promises. There's so much promises here. Waiting to manifest for the believer. Okay? So you lay hold of what Jesus got for you. You lay hold of your healing. Okay? Lay hold of good health. Never entertain the thought that uh, you will die of sickness because that's the world's thoughts. Of course, when you're old, you get sickly, you die. That's not our thought. We don't ne need to get sick to die, okay? We don't need to get sick to die. So, so when you're faced with sickness, that's an enemy 
that you need to overcome by faith. Get healing promises. Start declaring. I remember, no, you know my testimony. I had four sicknesses. I don't, I don't remember. 2019, I had four successive sicknesses. To the point, I was bedridden. Uh, from 2018 to 2019, almost a year, okay? Mid-2018, 2019. To the point I was almost bedridden. I thought I was dying. I thought I was dying. You know? But I kept thinking to myself, my mission is not over. I cannot die. You know? So what I did was, and you know, and you know the story, if you see my Bible, it has marks here. Or I don't know how you call this. Okay, this one. I have, I got healing verses. And every time I feel pain in my body, I would, you know, even in the middle of the night. You know, sometimes, no, I, I cannot go to sleep. I can't go to sleep because of my sicknesses. I was very weak. I cannot even walk very far. I was bedridden. And sometimes at night, that's when the enemy attacks. When you're so alone, you cannot call anyone anymore. So what I do, every time I feel, every time I feel sickness, I will reach out for my word. I go to these you know, mark pages in my Bible, and I start declaring. That's what I do. Day and night. Day and night, I start declaring. They could not find what was wrong with me. Uh, the first three, yeah, they knew what was wrong with me. The last one, they just said I had uh, I had sickness in my blood. So I was getting weaker and weaker. Well, you know my story. The end of that, I had my I had my miracle in one day. In one day, I got healed. One day after struggling for a year. So this really works. This really works. If you put it to work. If you put it to work, you've got to fight for it. You've got to say, this is mine. Jesus paid for it. You've got to believe it with all of your heart and confess it. You don't need to shout it out. You don't need an audience for that. You just need to say it even in a whisper so that the enemy can hear it and he will flee from you. Because he's the one who put that problem in your life in the first place. Okay? Now, I want to continue, no? Uh, let's continue. First Timothy 6.13. says here, uh, I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things in before Christ Jesus who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate. So it's saying here, you fight the good fight of faith in the presence of God, the Father, and Jesus Christ. That's good, no? You're not fighting alone, okay? God, the Father, and Jesus Christ is with you, and the Holy Spirit is with you. So he's with you, and he's just waiting for you to agree with him in what he said. Yun lang. So no matter what the devil is trying to do with your life, even at the point of death, 
Okay, just remember me. Remember what I'm saying. Even point blank, okay? If there's a gun on your head or a sickness taking your body, whatever it is, no? Whatever it is, you do not get intimidated. Because in the first place, in the first place, we should never be afraid of dying. Because we will never die. Only our bodies die. We get to uh, transfer from this earthy realm to the glory realm. That's all it takes, no? But I'm not talking about death, no? I'm saying if we're not afraid to die, nothing should intimidate us. We don't get intimidated by anything the devil is trying because God is with us okay and they are watching us and they are ready to support and fulfill the words you confess so say something in the midst of trouble okay don't cry say something or even if you're crying say the word of god okay that's what i was doing even if i was crying say the word of god now if you notice in this verse, Jesus Christ also confessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate. So once again, no, Jesus Christ is our best example for this. How to fight the good fight of faith. No? He fought the good fight of faith with a good confession as well. And you have to keep in mind, no, you have Jesus' faith in your hearts already. And whatever he did, because we're going to study on Jesus, whatever he did, whatever he said, you can also do and you can also say because Jesus' faith is in your heart. So this would be the last chapters that we will study tonight. We'll study on Jesus. Uh, John chapters 18 and 19. And I will select a few verses for that. John chapters 18 and 19. Okay. Hallelujah. I hope you're getting something. John 18. Okay, verse 33. Okay. Now, before we read this, no, because this is the time when Jesus went before Pontius Pilate. So a little background on Pontius Pilate. Okay, we know we know it's, it's very familiar. It's very familiar. Pontius Pilate was the governor of Judea. He was the ruler at that time who had the power to put anybody to death. He had the power of life and death in his hands. Okay, and he's not only a ruler. Ruler. He's a cruel, a very cruel ruler he can just order anybody to be killed anyone he wants that's how cruel he was no he was unjust and cruel now that time the jews did not have any ability to put anyone to death why because they were slaves to the roman empire that's why they sent jesus to pontius Pilate. Okay, so let's read verses 33 to 34. 
Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Okay, 33. 34, Jesus answered him. Look at the answer, okay? Just imagine him. Are you speaking for yourself about this? Or did others tell you this concerning me? Okay, my question to you. Did it sound that Jesus was scared? No, Jesus wasn't scared. In front of a man who can kill him. Okay. In fact, Jesus was still full of faith at that time. He was confident because he knows God's will in his life. And he trusts the words of his father. Now look at verse 35. Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? said, Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? And verse 36 is the good confession that Jesus made before Pontius Pilate. Look at it. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Okay, so can you imagine, no? if this was another person who's about, who, uh, who's about to be uh, ordered to be killed by crucifixion, maybe that person would have been scared. Maybe that person would find a way to compromise or to say something that would escape death. But not Jesus. Jesus made a good confession about God, about his purpose, about God's word. Okay? And he's saying, I am not, I am in this world, but I am not of this world. He knew who he was. Okay? He's saying, I belong to another kingdom. So why is he saying that? Because he knows the will of God and he believes that. And he believes that he is the Messiah who is going to bring another kingdom into this world. He knows that and he is, okay, and he is confident in that in the face of death. Now, faith, okay, uh, So he said it with faith. And what Pontius Pilate did not know is at that time, Jesus Christ, because he belonged to another kingdom and because he was the son of God, he can, in fact, call angels. Okay, He can call angels against Pontius Pilate. But he did not do that. He did not do that. Why? He stood firm in what he believed. He knew he was the Christ and he knew he would die for this world. Okay? So we can learn something from this. Okay? Faith 
does not change what it believes even in difficult circumstances. Faith does not change what it believes even in difficult circumstances. And that faith that Jesus has is the kind of faith we have in our hearts when we use it to place it in the word of God, okay? Our faith in the word of God will not change even in the face of difficult circumstances. That's how we fight. That's how we fight. It doesn't matter how it looks. It doesn't matter how it feels. We, do, we are not changed. We are not moved by circumstances, by other people, by what we feel and what we, what we see. We are only moved by our faith in God and his word. Okay? It doesn't change. And that's the kind of faith that God deposited in your heart. Now, I understand, okay? I understand practically when something bad happens to us, our initial reaction is either worry or fear, okay? But the good news is this, okay? If that circumstance did not happen, the fear and worry is not there. Am I correct? Because the fear and worry is not coming from inside. The fear and worry always comes from outside. Okay? Faith is in your heart. Fear is from the enemy. It comes from outside. That's why it says in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So the good news is, because fear is from outside, you can always fight it. You can always rebuke it in Jesus' name. Okay? When you're afraid, you say, in Jesus' name, fear, get out of my face. Get out of my life. You can say that. You can talk to fear. It's a spirit. It's a spirit. Okay? And I... Uh, I I remember of a, you know, God reminded me of this story of a mother, you know, a mother Shah in America, mother Shah, and it was Christmas Eve, and she had a daughter whom she loved very much, and that daughter, during Christmas Eve, suddenly was speaking, was mumbling, and was speaking, uh, you know, uh, nonsense words he, she just kept mumbling so that was christmas eve no? so they rushed her to the hospital and by christmas i know so they had examinations everything and by christmas day the doctor came in to where they were so the whole family was there uh the doctor came in and the, and the doctor said this your daughter has only uh, 24 hours to live. She has this, uh, she has this uh, 
unique sickness in the brain just came on her and I'm sorry, she's going to die. And you know that mother, huh? Mother, because she loved, she loved the daughter. Of course, no? She, she bowed down her head. Of course, fear, grabe, fear attacked her. And for a moment, for a moment, she could not speak anything. And then in another second, she made a decision. She made a decision. She, uh, she just uh, lifted, lifted up her head once again. And for the love of her child, she said, in Jesus' name, Satan, you will not have my daughter. That's how to fight. That's how to fight. Okay. And of course, you know, to make the long story short, the daughter got, got healed miraculously. Got healed miraculously. Now, you might say, eh, paano pastora kung hindi naman siya nahil? <laughs> well, there are many reasons for that. One is, kung undeveloped yung faith mo at that time, most likely, you cannot speak words of faith. That's why it's so important to develop your faith every day. So that in the moment of crisis, okay, you can pull out your faith and you can pull out a verse, okay, that you can believe on, okay? So, yung aso ko, di na Anyway. <laughs> Mamaya, mag-sharing tayo. Anyway. <laughs> yung aso ko rin noon, di na So, I understand. Ako, ang dami ko na na edit dito. Anyway, so, <laughs> uh, so there are many, actually there are many reasons. I, I told you some reasons before, no? But I want, I, I want to give you this point. It's better fighting the good fight of faith until your last breath than giving up Okay. And dying. Did you get me? Kung lalaban na rin lamang tayo, lumaban tayo hanggang sa huli. Lumaban tayo, may pananampalataya. We will never give up on our faith. We will never give up on our belief. Why? Because God is faithful. Because God never lets us down. And maybe, kung may namatay nga, okay, like ang dami kong kilalang namatay, well, there are reasons for that. And Jesus will explain that to them when they're in heaven. Okay? That's not our problem anymore. Scripture is saying, we need to fight the good fight of faith until our last breath. Until we can say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my race. God intended us to live by faith from the beginning until the end of our life. Okay? So that's why God is teaching us how. And the more you use your faith, I will assure you, the more victories you will have on this earth. The more glory you can give to God. Why? You are enforcing 
the very victory of the cross and by your life, people will see that God is good, that God is merciful, God is gracious, and God can do miracles. Okay, so this is not only for us, you know, we are already blessed, we are already saved, but by, can you imagine God can use us to bless other people, and our faith will bring so much blessings, not to only to our lives, but to other people as well. So let's go back to Jesus, no? Let's go back to Jesus. Uh, look at John 19. So that's John 18, John 19. And we'll just skip now. By this time, Jesus was already uh, 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 brought outside to the soldiers. They were already mocking him. They were scourging him, okay? After the scourging, verse 9, verse 10. Okay. By this time, dugoan na siya. He was already bloodied. Okay. He was already suffering. Can you imagine? Now look. Look at his faith. Look how, look how he fights. Verse 9. Uh, went again. Went again. That's Pilate. Into the praetorium and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Medyo makulit si Pontius Pilate. No? Verse 10. Then Pilate said to him, Are you not speaking to me? Ayun na siya sagutin ni Lord. Are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have the power to crucify you and the power to release you? So nagyayabang pa siya nun, no? Okay? Look! At the answer of Jesus Christ, our master, our hero, verse 11, Jesus answered, You could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. Okay? For one thing, now let's go to Pontius Pilate. This is how the devil speaks. He will always threaten us like he was threatening Jesus Christ no, through Pontius Pilate. He threatens us. He tempts us. He tempted Jesus Christ so he will avoid death. No. <clears throat> but like I said, no need to be afraid of him because Jesus defeated him. And look at verse 11. Verse 11. What did Jesus say to him? This is basically what he was saying to him. Pilate, the truth is, you have no power at all over me. You have no power at all over me. It was just given to you by my father. So, can you imagine, no? He was already, he was on the way to the cross. He was already bleeding. Can you imagine the, the, the stripes on his back? Can you imagine? Sabi nga nila. You know, when he was, yung kaya nga, by his stripes we were healed. The, the material used there, no? I don't have the details of that. But the material used there to whip his back was enough not to just peel off the skin, but to peel even the muscles under his skin that you can see his bones. 
and he had thorns in his thorns on his head. Okay, he was bleeding. He was suffering, and yet at the time of death and suffering, he maintained his faith. And what did he say? You have no power over me. Why? Why can he say that? Because he knows he laid down his life. Satan did not kill him. Men did not kill him. He volunteered to be killed. And in the same way, he said that to Pontius Pilate, and he said that to the devil behind Pontius Pilate, we can say that as well today. When the enemy tries to tell you you're a victim of this situation, you are hopeless, you are helpless, you cannot do anything anymore, that's when you need something to rise up within you and say to the devil, devil, you have no power over me at all. How do you fight cancer? How do you fight COVID? How do you fight any sickness, depression, addiction, bad habits? How do you fight it? With words of faith. That's how you fight it. You've got to remember who you belong to. And you've got to say, greater is, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. First John 4, 4. And when cancer faces you, you say, cancer, you have no power over me. Depression, you have no power over me. You know, poverty, you have no power over me. In Jesus' name, get out of my life. Stress, <laughs> you have no power over my emotions. You know what? And what do you confess? God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. I am peaceful today. I'm an overcomer in Christ. You, know? you say those words to Satan. You have no power over me. Then you have the final say. Speak God's words. Always have the final say with God's word. Always. Always. You know, for example, you have a symptom in your body. You've been praying about it. Like me, I had almost a year. I was sick. And people will ask me, how are you, Pastora? And they would always, you know, kaya nga, you hardly knew about, actually, you hardly knew about it because I don't, I don't say to people when I'm sick because I want prayers. <laughs> I don't want people saying negative things about my life, you know. So I choose the people that I say my problems to. So, so uh, uh, I ask prayers once in a while. But there are people who would ask me, how are you, Pastor? I would say, you know, uh, this thing happened to me. I had symptoms. But I don't stop there. I say, but in Jesus' name, by his stripes, I am healed. Yeah. So always have the last say with the word of God. Remember this. Satan knows how powerful your words are. He knows it. You better realize it by now. He knows your words and he's working desperately, trying very hard to tempt you 
to say negative words. Say words of defeat, words of fear, words of despair, words of unbelief. Why? Because once he hears that, he will make it come to pass. Remember, he has no authority over us. But we give him authority, we authorize him when we speak death words. I hope you're getting this. Satan is a defeated foe. He has no power, no authority. That's why he gets his power from our very own words. In the same way, God waits for our faith words so he can fulfill it. Satan waits for our death words so he can fulfill it as well. Okay? I hope you're getting this. This is so important, vitally important, especially this year. Because there's much to overcome. And we can only overcome by confessing and fighting the enemy with the words of our mouth by faith. But So if you speak what you believe in God's word, confess it, God's power will be released and will change all things in your life. Okay, that's how to fight. Your mouth is very precious to God. Your words are very precious to him. And I think, no, if there's one thing we should do tonight, no, if not together, we should rededicate our mouth to him. Okay? We dedicate our mouth and ask for grace so that we can control what we speak, choose the words we speak, so that if we say the right words, we will have the right results. Say the wrong words, you will have the wrong results. That how, that's how powerful your mouth is. So don't just say any word. Overcome everything by the word of God. 